Welcome to the Contracting Officer Podcast. It's not just for contracting officers. If you work anywhere in the government acquisition world, this podcast is for you. Our topic today is the importance of building a proposal schedule. This is part two of a series with Kevin and Skyway team member Vicki Straharski. Vicki spent almost 20 years as a contracting officer and has spent almost as long after leaving government service as a proposal manager on the industry side. This episode is brought to you by Skyway Acquisition. Visit AskSkyway.com to learn how Skyway can help both government and industry teams with the acquisition and contract execution process. Okay, let's get started with building a proposal schedule. I'm going to set the stage here. In, in the last couple of episodes you and I have done, we've talked about proposals because you know, that's, that's, that's your thing. And we had a couple of customers who've, who we walked them through this process. They, they target an opportunity, you know, we helped them shape it and, and really get prepared for it. The team's ready to go. Their, their experts are ready, right? And so then we start this overall process. And sometimes people wonder, what are the first, what's the first thing I do when the actual RFP drops? I mean, you can prep like crazy, but you got to know what the first things to do. And we did an episode a while ago, kind of talked through the first four things. And so, you know, first thing you do is read the RFP. We have an episode about that. And then you, you actually need to build a schedule and then there's the kickoff meeting and then there's the outline. And so today we're covering step two, which is the proposal schedule. Why is the schedule so critical? The schedule actually is, uh, is the only way that you'll get the whole proposal done acceptably and get all the check marks taken care of, all the bits and pieces that go into it and get it all done and out the door in the time frame that you have, whether it's 30 days, 60 days, or two weeks. And to help people meet the goal of actually getting the proposal out the door, regardless of how much time you have, we're going to walk through the key steps in that process in this episode. But first, I want to say thanks to Bill Stolb. He's the CEO of Spectrum.com. It's a large business in the Newport News, Virginia area. So thanks, Bill, because he gave us great feedback on our podcast and our services overall. And he helped me understand what, what his team is looking for from the podcast and beyond. The direct feedback we get from podcast listeners helps us understand how people use our content. It helps us really get better week after week. All right, so what we're talking about here is the proposal schedule. Paul and I have talked about schedules a few times on the podcast. And in fact, we've had you on once already several times, I think, Vicki. And I wanted to have you unpack this concept of proposal schedule because it's a critical step. And to really help people understand the best ways to use the proposal schedule, you're by far the most experienced person I know who's actually <laughs> built lots and lots of these schedules. So what's the book answer on what the schedule is? Well, the book answer is that it's a framework of how we will get everything done. And that's uh, some of it, but we're going to expand on it some. Yeah, it's, I think of it like a, I mean, that's the standard answer is, oh, it's just how you get it all done. I guess a better way to describe it, it's kind of like a flow regulator. We have to keep the flow of the work moving. Absolutely. And keep everybody moving forward on it. It's rare that we have just one person writing a proposal, doing everything. And you really shouldn't. Uh, you should have other people reviewing it and things like that. So often it's a group and keeping all of the, uh, what we call them cats, all the cats moving forward to a uh, completion date is, uh, is you use the schedule to ha- help make sure everybody understands the criticality of getting things done by certain dates. Well, and what happens when people don't have a schedule? They run at it and uh, parts of it get done and parts don't. And at the very end, they scramble to try to put together a schedule to finish it because otherwise they're not going to get it all done. 
So they may only have a week left, but they have to come down to it and say, okay, we got to get all this done by this date. And then we got to get all this done by this date. And uh, so no matter what, you have a schedule, whether it's written down or not. But the real way to do it is right from day one and to, uh, and to write it down and review it regularly with everybody. One of my, my favorite Peter Drucker quotes is you need to begin with a clear objective because without clear objectives, you can't, the quote is you can't schedule, you can't resource, you can't plan. But this is a great example of, of that playing out. One of the ones that you and I were brought into a little bit later in the cycle, the RFP had just dropped and their proposal manager, which you know we were kind of backfilling for him, he just started writing. And I remember they said, okay, we've got 10 pages so far. And I looked through them like, if you wait till the last week to plug it all together, you end up with something that looks like a scarecrow that's all stitched together versus stop. Before you start writing, figure out what the schedule is. The schedule and the outline, and we'll talk about the outline in a later podcast. The schedule is the very first thing you want to do because it tells you when the government requires things to be done, and it tells you when you have to get things done in order to meet your primary objective, which is to submit it on time. And, and one of the things that you and I have joked about a lot is that when, when you don't have a schedule, you risk more than one person doing the same thing or nobody doing something. Yeah, that's true. It's because people will, will be trying to do what they think they need to do, bad, need to do, need to get done, and they, they start writing. And you have to have a, a schedule to just make sure that everything gets done not just the, uh, the things that are of interest to the technical folks, which is, is hugely important, but it is not the only thing. And when it comes down to the proposal, the schedule to get it all done will help make sure that all the unfun parts like filling in the forms and signing documents and, and all the little bits and pieces get collected up, organized, and, and submitted all within a time frame that, that will meet the government's stated required time frame to be submitted. I did have a client recently that I was brought on to help with it. And at the time I said, okay, what's your schedule? And, uh, oh, I've got that, you know, I've got the schedule. And uh, a couple of weeks later, I had not yet seen the schedule and nobody had seen the schedule. So while he might've had a schedule, he wasn't sharing it with anybody. And that is, uh, you know, the whole group needs to know what the schedule is and why it's so important for everybody on the team to get their pieces done. Without a schedule, you are going to run out of time. Whether or not you've got a week left or you've got 60 days. I recently had a proposal that was 1,000 pages, and it was hard copy. 1,000 pages? 1,000 pages. That's like a foot thick. I mean, <laughs> oh, <laughs> yes, it was huge. That was everything, you know, but it was uh, a thousand pages, literally, and we had to print it. And in order to print it, then you also have to go through and check it and stuff. So just knowing that you have to print it and you have to set aside days for that to happen because it is not a simple, you know, gee, just hit the electronic send button. You have to actually, you know, print it out, organize it, make sure that it's correct and bind it and then actually put it in overnight mail if you don't trust anybody to get it there overnight and get it out in a couple of days time so that it will actually be delivered on time. That's one of my tasks as a proposal manager is to impose the schedule. Whether you're, you know, at the end of the day, uh, when you're getting ready to put uh, the document to to final uh, form and stuff, you're done. You have to be done because there's not enough time for you to continue writing, for instance, 
and tweaking things and, and stuff like that when it absolutely has to go to print and it absolutely has to be out the door or it's not going to be submitted on time. And not submitted on time, you might as well not waste your time and money. <laughs> it's a good quote. Not submitted on time, you might as well not waste your time. That will come up later in some of these points we bring up. <laughs> Let me back up a second and put this in time zone speak. So we're clearly in the acquisition time zones. And we're in the market research zone because that's where the draft RFP is being built. Uh, that you're, you're probably starting to see some momentum from the government side and some actual documents come out. Uh, nothing formal yet, but you're getting an idea of you know, what, what is this opportunity going to look like? What's the acquisition plan? At that point, industry is already talking about their solution. They're already starting to build what there should be, already starting to build the framework and, and the outline that we'll talk about later. The RFP zone, the next zone, that's where this really happens, right? The RFP zone is after the RFP has been dropped. Oftentimes, you have, you have our customers writing before the RFP drops. They know, they've, they know what's coming. But once that RFP drops, now you're, I, maybe the better way to say it is that's when the clock starts. <laughs> yep. You know, it's a theoretical schedule until the RFP drops and says, okay, this is when it's actually due. So yes, nobody's going on vacation in this week because it's due the next day. That's absolutely correct. And uh, sometimes you think you know what the, the, the uh, RFP allotted time will be, but really and truly until you actually get it out, you know, get it in front of you, you don't know whether it's really going to be 30 days or if it's going to be 28 days or even I've seen them come out and they've asked for a two-week turnaround on them. And surprise, you know, yep, we're supposed to get everything done in two weeks. Raising my hand as a contracting officer, I did that a few times. Oh, yeah, it's only a 10-page proposal. You can do it in two weeks. Yeah. Why is the schedule step two? You know, you and I came up with this list of four steps. Why is the schedule t- step two? The first step is read the solicitation three times, and, and I, I'm a big believer in that. The solicitation gives you some of the framework for the schedule, uh, absolute critical dates, for instance, the due date. And time. The time is absolutely essential because if it's due at 8 a.m. that day, then you it's really not due that day. It's due the day before. If there is a proposal, a date in there for past performance to be submitted earlier, which I've seen several times where they want it two weeks before the actual proposal due date, then that becomes carved in stone. You know, you have to get the past performance references out the door. If they're going to have a pre-proposal conference, that absolutely has to be on the schedule. All of those dates become part of the framework for the schedule and you actually put that on the page and then you can work backwards from the due date and all those other dates. When are the questions due? When do you think the answers are going to be given to you? And you can actually back up and decide how much time do you really have in order to draft the proposal, outline it first of all, draft the text, identify graphics that you're going to use, and have it reviewed and then put together the, you know, finalize it and actually make it look like a professional document and actually get it out the door. And that actually conveys what the solution is and what the benefit is to the government all within this one document. And they sometimes restrict it to 10 pages or you might have 150 pages or a thousand pages like the one we just submitted. And you still have to capture how you're going to do it and, and why the government should pick you. And and you make a really good point that on one hand, yeah, we do you know thousand page proposals for our customers, but we also do ten page, fifteen page, twenty page, fifty page, some that are just responses to RFIs. I mean, it's all over the map. But this concept applies everywhere. It absolutely does. Uh, government people <laughs> got to remember. I know I didn't think about it 
but um, I wanted less pages. And, uh, and it always seems like, oh, well, they only have to write 10 pages, but you still, you, you know, sometimes it's harder to actually write the 10 pages than it is to write a 50 page or 100 page proposal because you still have to get all the content in there and you have to shoehorn it into a 10 page proposal. So you need every minute of the time anyway. It doesn't matter that it's a smaller document. You still have the whole solution and, and answer that has to be presented coherently within that document. That'll be a, a proposal podcast topic for later is how, how to shoehorn 100 pages of content into 10 pages. I'm sure I've done that to people as a CO, and I know we've done that for our customers writing proposals. That's true, and, uh, and I, I know I did. The schedule is also a critical part of the kickoff meeting. Once I have the schedule drafted and out there, for it, it's a good place to show in the kickoff meeting to the entire group so that everybody understands the criticality of why we have to get certain things done at certain points within the time allotted. Because, for instance, questions for the government have to go in at a certain date or before that. That means you have to really stop what you're doing and really write down the questions. If you've got something, you've got to write them down. And it actually gives the proposal manager the tool to help everybody on the team to understand the criticality of getting things done in an orderly, organized fashion and meeting the dates. There's this law called the Parkinson's Law, which was uh, developed by a, it's a British scholar. His name is Northcote Parkinson. Basically says that people usually take all the time allotted and, and, and frequently more time to accomplish any task. It's that whole thing. The work expands to the time allowed. And that plays out so well. And so clearly <laughs> proposals, because if you give somebody an extra day, an extra hour, an extra five minutes to tweak their writing, they will tweak it. And it goes back to your point of like, at some point, whether you're done or not, you're done. <laughs> yeah. and, and I like how you said enforcing the schedule is, is a critical part of what the proposal manager does is make sure that we stay on schedule. So that's why it's step two. So let's jump to like, what are the steps in the proposal schedule? So what I'm doing is I actually look at when's it due? And then I look at all the government required dates, like when are questions due to the government, pre-proposal conference date, if past performance is due early, if there's anything else that has to be submitted at a different time frame or in a different fashion. Some of them, they require a certain piece to be submitted electronically and the rest of it to be done in, in hard copy, for instance. I've actually had a couple of those. So all of that goes into looking at how you uh, framework the schedule. And then you have to write the proposal somewhere in amongst all of these dates. And so you have to actually go ahead and, uh, and figure out how you're going to do, not only write it, but review it, talk with people, tweak the solution to make sure that we've answered all the questions and make sure that we get it all done with enough time to actually finalize it, get the signatures on the page, make sure the corporate headquarters is happy and we'll sign the document and get it out the door so that it will be delivered in a timely fashion. Well, and one of those things you talked about when, when the writing piece, in fact, one of the things that you put in, our, in the schedules that I've seen you do for our customers is what you call the initial raw draft. And then there's a yes. final draft. What's the difference between the raw draft and the final draft? The raw draft is, is basically you're writing to uh, what I have set up as the outline of the uh, proposal, for instance, with headers and, and things like that and, and uh, on the page and actually say, okay, you've got two pages to address this issue. 
and what we'll do during the, the initial review or pink team, if you use the color team reviews, pink team is looking at what is your approach for that particular section, for addressing that particular section, what are the benefits that the government will receive from that approach, and what is your theme for the whole thing for that one section, and so you're, you're looking at those kinds of things. And then in the final, you're looking at what should be a final document, virtually, I would say 95, 99% ready to go out the door. And you'll have the tweaks at that point should be changing happy to glad, fixing the punctuation. It's always more involved than that. Uh, That's the truth of of the matter. I've always seen red teams have certain sections that need to be reworked or things like that. But you hope that the red team document is very, very final and looks like a final document virtually. And then gold team, we have a gold team review set up usually. And that is when you hand the document that you as a team have put together and it's going to go to the corporate people that are going to review it and sign it. And they need to like what they see, folks. So it better look good and it better look final because they're going to put their signature on it. And so that's what the gold team review is. And they often are reviewing pricing at that point. And, and there's, there's sometimes, occasionally there's some, you know, little tweaks that come out of it that we have to change and fix. And then we do a, what we call a white glove, which is for, especially associated with the um, hard copy, when a hard copy document must go in. And what we do is when we, we print one version of it, one copy, and we go through, everybody has one copy in front of them and we go through and flip the pages and check each page to make sure that it's been printed correctly, that it's not turned sideways on the, on the page, that page actually shows up. You know, some people don't have page nine. Oh, well, we got a problem here. (laughs) Um, So that kind of thing. White glove is to make sure that the document is perfect and ready to go out. I have yet to ever see a perfect document, but we try our very best at white glove to make sure that it is a perfect document that goes out the door. And, and these are, and it's interesting that as we talk through, it sounds like this is a large business process, but it's not. It's a, it's an every business process. It should be. And if you're a small business, you want to look professional. And one of the things, one of the biggest turnoffs is for uh, evaluators to get a document that looks like it's been slapped together by somebody who doesn't know what they're doing. And that tells them a lot about who the company is. The document that they are going to have is who you are in their hands and it needs to look like a very professional document, well-organized. You're going to be able to do the job and you're going to get it done on time, on cost. Well, let's, let's jump over to why the government cares. Uh, from the government side, the RFP sets the schedule. And you, you've talked about that a few times, Vicki. That's where, that's where the dates are, right? Um, I wish back when I was a CEO, I would have added a graphic that's an actual calendar that shows here. Here are the, yellow, like the highlighted yellow boxes. Those are the dates that things are going to happen but the basic principle applies. Make sure that the dates are very clear. Actually, I've uh, I've seen uh, some agencies, and I'm trying to remember, I believe it was the Navy, actually put together a table with critical dates. All of the critical dates that they had in the solicitation were presented up front with a table, and it was nice to have that so you didn't have to root through every single page and hope you found it. The downside is, the information is also on those different pages and it better jive exactly with that table. <laughs> so otherwise point. you created a conflict. Because they'll have the table in, 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 section, in section L 
that says, here's how, what, what we expect to see. And if it doesn't match the clauses, for example, in section I, <laughs> then all of a sudden you got more questions. So yeah, there's, <laughs> there's a yeah. slippery slope there. This really is important because of Parkinson's law is that they need to know when they can start and when they're going to stop because they're going to use every second of that. Sure are. One of the big things that I, I think I got better at is giving context for the schedule. We had a testing facility that we had scheduled for, I think it was the, the last half of the month of July. So we had to have the RFP out, the, the proposals in, and at least the product samples in by that date so we could actually test them in a facility that we didn't own. Our agency didn't own it. We were actually getting it from another government agency. Having that context helps the contractor, and in this case, the proposal manager, <laughs> understand why enforcing that schedule is so important. Because you know, the government's got these dates they got to meet too. The context actually does help with the schedule. It, it makes it real. Um, it's not just a date picked out of thin air. It's not a date that uh, they just, you know, randomly selected because they, they just needed a date. There actually is a reason and it does affect other agencies and that will make it real to the, uh, to the contractor. But that is not a date that they're going to get extended or changed. So they need to understand that. That's a really good point. As, as a CO, if, if they know why I can't move it, <laughs> they probably won't ask me to move it. That's a good point. So let's, let's switch to the industry side. What is industry care? We have that axiom of planning prevents wandering. And, and the schedule is the basic building blocks of, of that planning. Absolutely. And your plan to win, you can't afford to not submit on time, for instance. Otherwise, you're just out of the race already. The, having a schedule is and, and actually sticking to it is actually a, a, a big stress reducer. If you don't know where you're at on completing all the different pieces, it's much worse because you feel like you have all of these different unknown factors floating around. And if you, uh, and you, can, if you can nail them down and say, yep, we're at 95% at this point on this schedule and we're meeting it, then the stress is greatly reduced for not only the proposal manager, but for the team for getting the proposal done and out the door well. One last thing, I've seen it happen so many times. You've been tracking the, you know, this is for industry. When you're, you're tracking an opportunity and you're pretty sure you're going to go after it and you've been watching it and the RFP comes out and then you take two weeks of the 30 days to figure out if you're actually going to do the proposal or not. And you still have all of the 30 days worth of work on the proposal yet to be done. And you still have to do all of that work within the two weeks that remain before that it's due. So make the decision soon, like within the first couple of days. If you haven't made a decision already, you should be ready to look at the solicitation and say, there's no surprises. We're moving forward. Go. And that's it. Instead of saying, well, let's send this over to so-and-so, or let's go find a teammate to do that or whatever, it means that you're behind the power curve right from the start. And every day you spend deciding means it's one less day to actually do the proposal right. Yeah, I, I, I like the clarity of that. Every day you spend deciding. And, and that's one of those things that it's yet another example of why knowing the RFP is coming out before it comes out is so critical. Because one, one of the things you mentioned is finding a teaming partner. If you don't have a teaming partner before the RFP drops, the good team, let's, let's put it in, in, in cynical speak, the good teaming partners are probably already taken. <laughs> let's start with that. There needs to be in your schedule almost like a, a go, no, go date. You know, it's like a, it's, the, it's the last window of we can't get this done. 
And yeah. that's, I think you and I have turned down work from cost from prospective customers, even, even customers that we have, you know, from members who say, I want to go after this. And in a couple of you know, minutes of talking through it with him, you say, okay, but you got to decide by like, you know, tomorrow at five o'clock if we're going to get this done. And then once they sleep on it, they go, yeah, you're right, Vicky, we're, this is going to not be doable. But that, yeah. that, that go, no go date needs to be in there. Cause what happens, I mean, we talked about it, you got 30 days, right? Well, when you take out, a, if it's say it's a hard copy, well, now you've taken out a day to, sh- to pack it and a day to ship it and the day that it has to get there. Well, now you're down to 27 days. You want to give yourself at least a day of fluff. So now you're down to 26 days. If you've taken a week to th- decide, now you're down to 19 days. <laughs> it's like they went really fast. And so that, and, and you hear me getting excited because I, 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 it breaks my heart a little bit when I see companies, I know you can do this, but you just waited too long to decide. And that's true. And I've seen uh, even large corporations that I work for, they will, they may pull the plug on a proposal two weeks into the proposal effort. Maybe they built that into their uh, budgets for the year for proposals because they just lost a whole lot of money on people working full time on getting their proposal work done and ready to go. And maybe they can afford it, but as a small business in particular, I don't think you can. <laughs> so at least I wouldn't want to spend that kind of money. I'm always surprised when a large business pulls the plug at a very late date and the proposal is two weeks into the proposal schedules. I've seen it done, but not would not be my choice. So let's let's wrap this up. My final points for me is rather than just start writing, you got to dissect the RFP and you talk about that. Read it three times, you know, build the schedule based on the allotted time. Know how much time you have because it's it's kind of counterintuitive to, hey, we finally got the RFP, let's stop what we're doing and make a schedule. Your instinct is that, oh, we finally got the RFP, let's start writing the proposal. Rather than start writing the proposal, realize that the schedule is part of writing the proposal. It's part of the first four steps. It's the, think of that as it's, it's not a separate thing you do, it's the thing, it's the second thing <laughs> that you do before you start actually putting pen to paper. And it's a really good tool, not only for the proposal manager, but for the entire proposal team to use and make sure that the proposal is going to get out the door on time. And you and I could, could wax on <laughs> wax and discuss <laughs> proposals all day long, but let's, let's wrap this one up and, and I will see you on the next episode. Vicki. Thank you very much, Kevin. Okay. That's it for this episode. Thanks to our guest, Vicki Straharsky. If you need help building a proposal schedule, visit askskyway.com to learn how Skyway can help. We'll see you next week.